Well, my oldest is um, my oldest is your typical kid, and he's uh, he's going to be nine here in November, and he's just like, "Do I have to make beer when I'm older?" I'm like, "No, but you can," you know. <laughs> uh, and he he uh, like so when I was at CBC to promote this project, he didn't he didn't quite grasp what I was doing, and so I sat down and explained it to him, and it was pretty awesome because he was just like, "That's really cool, Dad," and I was like, "Thanks, bud." You know, I'm trying our best to you know help you out. So. Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on-the-road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. You know what's really cool? No, what's really cool? Getting to know breweries before we even get there. That is kind of cool. I mean, it's cooler to be at the brewery, but... If you can't be in Michigan and Colorado at the same time, it doesn't work very well. So when you get to know a brewery before you can get there, you get excited to go. You know what else is cool? What else is cool? Working for a variety of people, one of them, a company being Malt Europe, that connects us to these breweries that we've never been to before. Hmm, Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) I get it. But excitement, let's go. you guys know it. We say it all a million times, and I'm not going to go there like full on right now. But like when we connect with other breweries and other companies that deal with beer, we find all of these great events that are happening. Mm-hmm. And so, because of a story that we were actually working on with Malt Europe, we connected with Pat Craddock from Griffin Claw Brewing Company in Michigan. And so, like we had never, we haven't been to Michigan yet, but he's doing this um, really cool project to like well let me back up because he'll tell the story but he's doing this really cool project Mm -hmm. to help bring about like awareness and funds and like also to like change the perception of people with down syndrome and so who who would have thought that like beer can bring about knowledge of down syndrome Brewers. Brewers, that's totally true. <laughs> and Pat isn't even a brewer, though. He's like no, he's he's not, a CFO. So if you haven't figured out yet, we're going to be talking <clears throat> to Pat Craddock from Griffin Claw Brewing Company in Michigan. He is actually the CFO of Griffin Claw. And for those of you that don't know it, but you all probably do, it's the chief financial officer. But he's the brainiac behind this project, Try 21. It just goes to show that it doesn't matter what your role is when you're in a really great industry that you still have a say in what beer could possibly be brewed and how it could have an impact on society. Yeah, I just think we're really lucky to to have forged these working relationships we have that are also fun things for us to do. And then we get to find out about all these cool things because, you know, as a beer fan going to breweries lately, you guys all know, like any, almost any time you go to a brewery now, you see, um, you know, a dollar for a pint for this charity or some kind of fundraiser for that charity or something like that. So it's easy to get numb to that, even though, you know, most of the time those are good charities and they're raising funds for a good reason, you know you still easily get numb to that. But that's what's cool about getting to meet someone like Pat from Griffin Claw, because you get to actually hear the real human story behind this charity. I mean, and firsthand, not like you're reading about it or, or, you know, it's, it's very easy when you go in somewhere and you get a pamphlet or you see a poster or whatever. And, 
And sometimes it's easy to connect to that, but a lot of times it's not. And this, you get to hear the human element behind it. We're talking about the Try 21 project. And basically what Kenny and I are both saying is that there are stories and people behind everything that people are raising money for. And sometimes it's really easy to forget that. And so that's why it was really great that we got to talk to Pat um, and learn more about where the story comes from and how he decided to um, start the Try 21 project, which he'll tell you more of his story and how it began with his son. Um, but for the most part, everybody probably knows someone who has Down syndrome. I imagine it's a pretty common yeah, birth defect. It's, it's pretty common. And I think, you know, we all, yeah, we probably all know somebody yeah. somewhere along the line. But I bet you most people didn't know there were actually three types of Down syndrome, which I didn't know. I had no clue before yeah. this interview. So and that was new to me. Yeah. And, and the most common, the most common one is called trisomy 21, AKA tri 21. And basically it's just caused by an error in cell division and it results in an embryo with three copies of chromosome 21 instead of two. And what I really liked too, about the um, way that Pat designed this project for all brewers, any brewer, if you own a brewery or whatever, and want to participate, that the recipe kind of goes along with the to try to keep it all true to form, like try so me 21. Mm -hmm. He does this like three, two, one with the recipe. Yeah. And I'm going to mess it up. Three, three grains, two hops and one yeast. Yeah. So, and that's just a basic for it. And that's just really just to kind of tie into the try 21 project. So if anybody out there, any of our brewer friends out there, or if you know a brewery that you think would be down for some, something like this, uh, it's just a, brewing a beer and selling it and then donating some money let them know or if you're interested reach out to us too because we're it's a really cool cause and we would like to get more people on board too yeah and he goes pat goes into how to do that through the podcast um as well as talking about like talking about his family mm -hmm. um ian is his son as to why he started this talking about where the proceeds go, talking about the brewery itself. Um, and we couldn't let him go without talking about um, the sustainability practices that Griffin Claw does as well. So not only are they like this great community brewery, but they're also very um, well aware of how brewing and stuff impacts the environment. Mm -hmm. So again, like I said, sometimes you don't get a chance to be at a brewery before you're like totally in love with it. So I can't <laughs> yeah. wait to visit <laughs> Griffin Claw when we go to Michigan. And in the meantime... We could do a virtual visit. With that, here's Pat. Griffin Claw is located in Birmingham, Michigan, which is approximately 15 miles north of Detroit. And then uh, last year, we opened up a second facility in Tap Room in Rochester Hills, Michigan, which is about 20 minutes from from uh, from Birmingham. Uh, we started. Uh, we were founded in 2013, and it came uh, on the heels of our brewer. Um, in 2010, won um, gold for uh, his IPA, which is our flagship, Norm's Raggedy Ass IPA, and silver for the double IPA at the World Beer Cup. Um, and it started out as just beer, and then we started distilling, and we recently relaunched our spirits brand. And approximately a year and a half ago, we launched a cider brand called Blackgrass Cider Works. So kind of morphed from a brewery into a beverage company, if you will. You're a little busy. And what exactly is your role within all so, this? My my title is, I don't know, this is what I always tell people, is my title is I'm the CFO, but I'm the furthest thing from a normal CFO. <laughs> so like like so many other people in, in the in the brewing industry, I wear several hats and it's it's what makes it fun. I mean, every day is something new coming in the door and, you know, again, it makes it fun. 
So you're one of the ones that spearheaded this project that we're actually getting ready to talk about. So that's what I really want to go into on this is to talk more about um, the Try 21 project. Yep. Um, can you tell us like a whole lot about that? And we'll just kind of ask oh, yeah. as we go. Yeah. So um, in 2015, we were blessed, my wife and I, with our second son, Ian, who was born with Down syndrome. Um, and it kind of, you know, we didn't do any testing ahead of time. So the day he was born, we found out and it kind of, you know, our world got flipped upside down and, um, you know, we didn't really know where to go, what to do. I have one older, uh, one older son. Um, and we just, you know, this was a completely different ball of wax. Well, I was working for another brewery at the time. And, you know, after a week or two weeks or it was, when I went back to work, my mind just started turning. And again, this was in 2015. I was like, what can I do in the beer industry? To, to help my son and help others like my son. And it was always in the back of my mind, like, all right, what, what can you do? What can you do? What can you do? And then um, when Sierra Nevada came out with the Resilience Open Collab, uh, the Resilience IPA Open Collab to help the folks uh, who uh, suffered from the forest fires out there in California, I was like, that's it. This is it. And of course, life gets in the way, work gets in the way. And I just kind of put it on the back burner, but I always knew in my head, once that hit, I was like, I need to do something like this. And it took, you know, prompting from others. And then finally, I sat down with the CEO from YCH, who's got a connection um, with uh, another individual with Down syndrome. And he was like, dude, you got to do it. You got to do it. And I was like, we're doing it. After months of work, we launched it in, uh, what was that, late September. And then my, my marketing director, Chris Lasher, and I were out at CBC in Denver, really promoting it. And kind of we went live in October, which that was the whole goal was to go live in October, which is World Down Syndrome Month. Yeah. So I, uh, we coincidentally hooked up with the craft peak team from the Griffin claw side to redo our website. And I quickly found out they had done, they were behind, um, black is beautiful and all together. So I pulled them aside after we were done with the Griffin claw work. And I was like, look, man, I got this idea. And they're like, we're in. And so they built the site and, you know, they're, they're assisting monitoring the site. And, um, that started probably February is when the kind of initial conversation started going that we really started to get into it. No, so it took the better part of this year to to kind of get everything in order and probably line up all the different um, vendor partners and things like that as well. And then and then you just finally launched the actual public end of it in September. Is that how that works? Yeah. So we um, with uh, I, I got I was just I, I got to say like are the participating vendors have been just amazing to work with. I have some really solid relationships with Nicole from Malt Europe, with the folks at Brees, with Doug at Hopsteiner. Um, with the team, Steve and everyone at, uh, at uh, YCH, excuse me. And they've just, you know, it's, and excuse me, I don't want to forget Patrick over at Blue Label, but um, anytime I have an ask, it's like a lot of times they're going to let me finish my sentence. It's like, we're in. And it's just been, it's been a very gratifying, you know what I mean? Just to, to be able to work with such kind people who are wanting to help. Um, and so then I guess from once we kind of got the, the ball rolling with Craft Peak, I reached out to Skidmore, who's a local uh, design and marketing firm here in Metro Detroit. And I coincidentally played, played football with their owner and CEO um, and, you know, asked them to do the label. And, I, you know, I'm not a, I'm a finance guy. I'm not a marketing, not a design guy. So I was just like, here you go. And what they came back with blew me away on the label. And they were able to wait, uh, weave my son's name in, Ian, in the label, if you look closely. And it just... I got to admit, I mean, it was, it was pretty emotional when I saw it. It was just, they knocked it out of the park. So. How did you come across like all the vendors that you wanted to work with? Did you just know some of the people ahead of time or did you have to kind of do like a little sell or a little seeking or how did that happen? We, at Griffin Cloud, we do business with everyone except Blue Label. 
and that's changing quickly. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and, and and Blue Label Patrick at Blue Label, he was the first one where you know he, you ever heard the term the elevator spiel? You got you got that that yeah. ride up the elevator, give your spiel. I wasn't even done with the spiel, and he was the first one to be like, "We're in, we're in." Send me the send me the artwork we're in. And I was like, "Hey, I, the first time I ever talked to the guy," and it was just it was awesome. Well, that's something that uh, I mean, people who listen to our podcast know. I mean, we say it probably almost every podcast is that that's the amazing thing about things like the craft beer industry, and now even like craft distillings getting the the same way is people are so collaborative just in general. And then when you bring something like an element of community or fundraising into it, it just, it just elevates it to a whole nother level. And everybody's just really quick to jump in and help no matter what it is. No, I, and I, we've experienced that firsthand. It just, like I said, it, it's just, it's a little overwhelming almost because it's the amount of people who want to help. And then like, as breweries have signed up, just being able to communicate with them. Like, it's such an awesome idea. If there's anything we can do, let us, if there's anything additional we can do, it's, it's, it's been great. So speaking of that, how, like as a brewer or a brewery owner, how do they sign up, sign up? Like, what do they do if they want to do it? Is it too late? Because, you know, October is the World Down Syndrome Awareness oh, Month. But to me, it seems like it should be kind of an all year thing and you're just starting it now. One of the things that we've been getting hung up on is we've, we've received quite a bit of uh, interest from some of the some of the big names in the in the craft community and they're they're just they're reluctant to sign up because they're under the impression that it's only in october and that is not the case so we wanted to center it around world down syndrome month which is october but we are pushing towards and i can i guess we can just announce it now but we're pushing to have that go to to have the beer released all the way up to world down syndrome day which is march 21st 2022 so there's a lot of time to get a lot more brewers on board because just in the last couple of days that I've watched your website, which everybody can go on there. Um, Try21project.com. Yep. But you can, you'll see like just in the last few days that I've been watching it, the number has been increasing for the um, amount of brewers and countries and states that are participating in this initiative. So it's really wonderful to see that. Yeah. And to answer your question, that's where breweries, breweries can go. It's very similar. I, like, so when we were on CBC promoting I, the, what I was telling the breweries is like, if you partic- participated in black is beautiful or um, all together, it's literally the same layout of the site. So you'll be very familiar with how the site is, you know, how it works and you go out there and, you know, put in your credentials and sign up as a brewery. And then you get the, um, the discount code to provide to the different vendors. Cause all the vendors are providing, um, I believe it's 20, or I should know this 20% discount on, uh, you know, grain hops and labels that are uh, to be used in the product. And um, yeah, then they get added to the website and the counter goes up. Very cool. Um, could you tell us, I'm really curious about the recipe that you formulated because you tried to do that along with the same way, like the Try 21 actually kind of is. Yeah. Actually, maybe even talk more about what Try 21 kind of means as in conjunction with Down syndrome. Yep. So Down syndrome, the medical term is trisomy 21. And what it means is the 21st chromosome. There's a, there's not only split, there's three of them. And so believe me, as I told you in the beginning, I've had five years of thinking about this project. And as I thought, as I sat there laying in bed or whatever it may be, it was like one of the things I went through my head was, man, it'd be really cool to weave different things into it that relate back to trisomy 21. And that was what I landed on was three grains, two hops, one yeast. And then, so that's what we landed on as far as the recipe, but then to make it interesting for brewers, it's like, we kind of had like a dealer's choice as to what you wanted to use for a second or a third dry hop. Um, so we left it at that, but it's close enough to the, the to three, two, one, as far as the recipe goes. 
And um, so one of our brewers, Jake and I went to a brewery in Metro Detroit called Holmes and met with their brewer who we greatly respect and cranks out incredible liquid. And we sat around with him. We just knocked around ideas and that's how we landed, landed on the recipe. I love it. And it's a uh, double New England IPA. Correct. And I guess one thing I've been, questions I've been answering for some folks, is like, it's designed to be flexible. And so in the event, you can't source some of the hops that maybe aren't available on discount. The idea is it's about just the community and the idea behind it. So make a double New England as you would. And if you can weave some of the ingredients in great and then release it and donate back to Gigi's. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of, can you tell us about Gigi's? For sure. So Gigi, it's a pretty remarkable story. Uh, Nancy started her name. She started the original Gigi's, I believe it was like 2003 um, in Chicago. And it's grown into 50 locations across the U.S., including one in Mexico. And we, as a family, with my son and my wife and I, we utilize the Gigi's in Metro Detroit. And, um, you know, they're built as achievement centers for individuals with Down syndrome. And so, for like example, right now is our, we have our son in a speech program there to help with his clarity of his speech, as well as the math tutoring program. And it's just you know, it's a not-for-profit, so they depend on donations. And like any other not-for-profit, they're hit pretty hard during the pandemic. And just, you know, if I if I could have got this launched a year ago, I would have. <laughs> but I mean, now is better. Now is just as good. And I just really hope we can raise plenty of money so that even another shutdown comes along, that they're not, you know, they're not scrambling. So for somebody who has has a child with Down syndrome, how hard has it been to find resources like Gigi's, like in the traditional medical um, field, you know, through hospitals and regular medical care? Is it is it hard to get the kind of treatment that like an individual with Down syndrome needs? It's a great question. Um like when I, when my son was born, I mean, like, again, we didn't have, we didn't, we didn't know. And so it was just, you know, we were trying to figure out where to go, what to do. And Gigi's provided, if anything else, they provided the network and it's the networking with, with other parents who have, you know, older siblings or adults with Down syndrome that can help guide you through, you know, what you're going to encounter and what, the, you know, cause they've been through it, you know, and like where we're at right now with Ian is, you know, is just with, um, you know, he's, he's in public school and they have to have IE individual education plans. And you really need to fight for your kids, you know, his plan, his or his or her plan. And it's being able to use the resources at Gigi's as well as the network is just, it's, it's, it's been amazing and you can't really put a price on it, but to find those resources, it, it, it can be difficult. But I guess what I found with this project is that there's some breweries that, um, they're like, oh yeah, we use GGs, but we also use X, Y, and Z. And it's like, I had never heard of them. And so I'm quickly finding out some of them don't really apply to Michigan, but there's, there's plenty of them out there. And I'm, I'm hoping they can also, you know, so a light can be shown on them. So GGs and, and organizations like that are pretty much helping, helping you as parents, like kind of coordinate everything and try to navigate that, especially, I mean, our healthcare system is very complex in the United States to say the least. And it's not easy to see how to get from X to Y to Z. So I guess they're kind of a coordinator that helps you point you to the right direction a lot. Yeah. And I guess I don't want to say, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but for right. us, that's, that's been a great benefit, but they do provide several programs. Like I was saying, like the reading and the math tutoring uh, or literacy right. tutoring. And then, um, you know, they have like exercise clubs where like the some of the adolescent and adults can come in and, you know, they have guided exercises. So it's, a, it's, it's a lot of different programs that, you know, again, it's a non-for-profit that 
they get volunteers to run and, and, and coordinate. And it's, it's pretty amazing. They're doing some amazing work that people don't really know about that's right in their backyard. So I was also reading too, is like more of a way, Gigi's is kind of a way to change the perspective on how people even look at, you know, kids, kids or adults, whoever with Down syndrome, it's a way to look at them like they, you know, they, they can be functioning people. They're not just someone to put aside in a corner. Absolutely. You know, and that's part of their, uh, their, their mission statement is just global acceptance of all. Mm-hmm. But obviously the, the wheelhouse is, is DS and um, yeah, I mean, they, they try to it, as much as you can. I mean, as a parent, it's like, you gotta, you gotta obviously help your, your, your children along, but it's just like getting them through the different programs so that, you know, our outlook as parents with children with DS is a lot different from parents with, you know, typical kids. And it's, um, you know, like my goal for Ian is just to be able to live on his own when he's an adult. And that's a, that's a, that's a tall task for someone with, with, with Down syndrome. But with resources like Gigi's out there, they help us, they help get kids to that and adults to that level. Well, it's funny because we, um, there's a brewery here in Denver that, that we've spoken with before um, called Brewability. And I don't know if you're familiar with them, but their whole model is to hire people of all abilities. They, uh, it's an all they, inc- they don't like to use the term disability. It's an all so inclusive. They use all abilities and an all inclusive brewery is how they put that. Yeah, an all inclusive brewery. And so pretty much everyone on staff has some si- some sort of challenge. I mean, basically, we all in life have challenges, but <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> so this is people with different, maybe physical or mental challenges. Yep that are a little out of the norm for a lot of us, but they have people with Down syndrome who work on staff there and they've gone out of their way to do things like color code the tap handles and keep the naming scheme very simple and and also numbering all the beers. So depending on what your challenge is, you know, you might connect with color coded labels better that, that also signify the colors on the menu. So it's easy for a server to go and get that beer or maybe somebody else works better off numbers. So they go directly to numbers and it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing because they're committed to having people, giving people a way to live life on their own and be independent, which I really like. Yeah. So do you, you have another kid too. You have two kids. Yep. Two, two boys. Do both of them like kind of understand what you're doing and what your job is and as creating these beverages and things or. Uh, Well, my oldest is, um, my oldest is your typical kid and he's, uh, he's going to be nine here in November. And he's just like, do I have to make beer when I'm older? I'm like, no, but you can, you know? <laughs> uh, and he, he, uh, like, so when I was at CBC to promote this project, he didn't, he didn't quite grasp what I was doing. And so I sat down and explained it to him and it was pretty awesome. Cause he was just like, that's really cool, dad. And I was like, thanks, bud. you know, and trying our best to, you know, help you out. So. Yeah. I was just curious if, if even Ian had an inkling of what you're doing or how much he's grasping of any of this or. So my, uh, my brother loves this story. Uh, I had, so we make a 15 pack of our Pilsner and I had a 15 pack in the back of my truck that I, I brought home from work and Ian opened the back door of my truck and he saw the, <laughs> he saw the 15 pack of Pilsner and goes, Tim, which is my brother's name. And so like he associates beer with my brother, which is great, you know? Um, but no, he, when I bring it, he, Ian loves coming to the tap room because craft breweries, tap rooms are, they're just the best place for kids. Cause it's just so loud. And usually there's other parents there and you're all in the same boat and he loves coming. He loves the food and he loves, he can go out in the beer garden, like throw rocks around, even though it's kind of not allowed and, um, just running around in there. So does he grasp that I'm in beer and what we're doing? Not really, but he knows that like he, when he sees the logo, he, you know, Griffin claw, you know, he, he gets it. 
Well, you've always said it, Kenny. He said that like beer is just the entry ticket. It's like the ticket into the community and that's it. Like everything else is that part of it. And Ian and your kids can both see that right there. It's just something fun. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that's something too, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you guys also for Try 21, you also put out a non-alcoholic root beer recipe for people that want to have that kind of offering and participate, or maybe they don't even have a brewery. Maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's a restaurant or something that can brew their own sodas or, or make them. That was where we were going is we didn't want to limit it to just alcohol, uh, uh, makers, if you will. Like we didn't want to just make it a beer. It's just like, we want to, you can't be fully inclusive because like I I don't make kombucha and I don't know how, and I I wouldn't be able to give you a a decent recipe, but like if a kombucha uh, place called want to get on board, absolutely. You know, but we try to be as somewhat as inclusive as possible. It's not just alcohol. Like, if you want to make a root beer, by all means, here's our root beer recipe that we pour in our tap room. And so not only are proceeds from our tap room sales from Try 21 going back to Gigi's, but also from root beer for you know that, that period of time. So that's pretty cool. Cause and like you said, you can't do everything, but that's right. not the point. We can all do a little something to to make a difference, you know, and, and you're for doing sure. something that will make a big difference and have a ripple effect probably beyond what you you or we ever talk about or know. I mean, there's going to be things that happen because of this project that you'll never be privy to knowing that you did, but you did it, you know, you had an effect. I, I, I sure hope so. Cause that that's the intent is just get it out there, get people talking about it, get people looking at their, you know, I, I guess what I've told other breweries too, is like, we've, we've really like created this relationship with our Metro Detroit GGs that really is win-win. So like on World Down Syndrome Day, which is March 21st, and it packs our tap rooms with a completely different demographic that we normally get because it's all the folks from GGs or who want to support GGs. And so it's win-win, it's win for us. And it's a, it's a nice um, donation back to them, you know? So, and I, that part of one of my goals with this was getting other breweries to find their local GGs and partner with them because it's just, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, that's a great thing about these like collaborative efforts, like, like what you're doing with try 21. And, and like you mentioned before that like um, weathered souls started with black is beautiful and, and the all together project, all these different projects. Yeah, they are great marketing, but that wasn't the purpose, but that's, that's just a nice side effect of like, you can do something good and it doesn't have to hurt someone else. It can be benefit everyone in the pro along the along the whole process from your vendors to your brewery to the people that need assistance and could use that help. Right. Exactly. So if I want to drink the beer, how do I know where to find it? Do you know, is, is some of the, do some of the breweries have the beer available yet? Or are they still brewing process or do you know? So we actually, we package on Wednesday of next week. And I actually just right before I got on received a similar question via the website and so if you want to get the beer and you're listening, it's go to the website and see what brewery is closest to you, you know, closest proximity to you that's participating and reach out to them. Unfortunately, it, depending on what state you're in, you can either ship beer or not ship beer. For us in Michigan, we can't ship in-state, but we can ship to a handful of other states. Um, so your best bet is to check the site to see what uh, brewery is closest to you participating, one. Or two, what we told folks all along is tag your local brewery um, if you if you just search try 21 across any social media uh, platform right now, I mean, there's multiple people sharing it. I don't want to say it's trending, but like when we announced we were doing it, we had just a slew of people on our Facebook and Instagram, just tagging other breweries and you know, just, you know, kind of pushing them to do it. 
And I just, I, I tell people just to continue to do that, to just get other breweries signed up because it's, it's a win-win. There's a specific hashtag, isn't there? Yep. Uh, hashtag try 21 project, T-R-I-2-1 project. Yeah. And honestly, I would say as a craft beer fan, I would tell people who are other craft beer geeks out there, if you have a favorite brewery or something, go in and talk to them about it. If this is a project that you feel connected with, go in and talk to them and say, hey, these guys at Griffin Claw in Michigan started this project. And like, we'd really like you guys to, I'd love it if you guys had that beer here, if you made it here. And you'd be really surprised. Well, Probably those of us that have been around craft beer for a while won't be that surprised, but some people might be surprised at how quickly most brewers are to jump on something like that because they want to do good things. And this, this kind of, you know, keeps that spark going. Sometimes I think for people, you get in that day-to-day grind and this gives you something to work towards, you know, beyond your normal stuff. Even though how, how well it works, it's just go the face to face. Cause you, you'd be surprised. I mean, the amount of, and I knew it would happen throughout the project, but the amount of people who have a connection with folk, with someone with Down syndrome in this industry is pretty incredible. I mean, like we have a brewery in Brazil that reached out, that signed up and reached out. And it's just, you know, him and I have been going back and forth, super nice guy and, you know, would have never have known he had a connection with someone with DS, you know, and it's just, I'm, I'm really hoping for, for, for good results from this. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it will Con- seeing how well these other initiatives have worked in the brewing world. I'm pretty sure this one's going to probably be right up there too. So we can't leave you quite yet because you have also like, you're doing all these great things within the community, but your sustainability that you're doing and offering through Griffin Claw is quite actually wonderful as well. So I don't know. Can we talk very briefly about your sustainability practices within the brewing Oh, Amy from Earthly Labs will love you for asking that question. <laughs> so uh, that CO2 recapture has always been a fascination of mine, um, not only financially, but just from a green perspective and just the science behind it. But it was always this thing of only the macros could afford it because they're just the technology wasn't there for small level breweries. And then along comes Earthly Labs where Amy, their CEO, was actually uh, born in Michigan. So we had a connection when I reached out right away and it was during the pandemic it was kind of a pet project of mine and we're able to fortunately bring CC, which is a uh, earthy labs technology of recapturing CO2 from fermentation, active fermentation in smaller breweries. So we have a, uh, we call it a farm. We have like nine hundred barrel fermenters because we're, we're landlocked in our location in Birmingham. And so it worked out perfect to where we were able to put CC in with these nine 100 barrel fermenters and, uh, begin reducing emissions, collecting CO2 and pushing it right back through in line to, because CO2 is used all the time throughout the brewing process. And so now we're reusing as we're recapturing. So. Love it. Yeah. Cause it's, it's produced in the, in the fermentation process, but that's what most of us put in our beer to give it that nice bubbly crispy thing. So, so you guys actually capture that and then do you, you use it for like CO2 in your beer and yeah. everything like so, that? So it's, yeah. So like you have, for uh, not to get way too in the weeds, but you have yeah. your your main trunk CO2 line that goes through the brewery. So when CC recaptures CO2, it gets pushed up into that trunk. So basically now the trunk will pull that recaptured CO2 until the uh, until the doer on CC is uh, empty. And then once it's empty, it then begins pulling from our large CO2 tank that's outside. Or, uh, that's outside. So basically it uses all recaptured first and then switches over to the CO2 tank. Right. And then a lot of breweries that, that aren't 
using this yet or don't have the capability quite yet, they purchase CO2 a lot of times, right, from other companies right. and bring it in. So this is a way to like cut down on that whole ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, it's I, can't, I feel like I've said it multiple times. It's another win-win where it's like not only is it reducing uh, emissions, it's it the, the payback on it was fairly fairly quick when I did the math because of just the reduced amount of CO2 we would have to purchase. And when it's, when we made the decision decision to do it, it was during the time when there was a a scare that there was going to be a shortage in CO2 right when the pandemic hit because those refineries were getting shut down. And right. so we were like. You know, I mean, that's an, another reason why we should move forward. And again, I say we're fortunate that we're in a position that we were able to do it at the time we did it. That's right. Really awesome. Yep. Perfect. Awesome. awesome. And we plan on being in Michigan, Wisconsin, with Minnesota area this summer. So we're definitely going to have to come say, hey. Absolutely. Yeah, please call. I'll show you, I'll show you around. And I, I've been really touted. I don't know if you guys drink like spirits, but our rye is just. So I, we have a mash filter. And oh. so, you know, most ryes are like 95% rye. Uh-huh. The, the green bill, ours is 100% because we can get 100% through it. So wow. we have five-year rye that's 100% rye. That's even as a, as a non-liquor drinker, I'm like, damn, good. <laughs> so that rivals that five-year bottled in bond kind of thing on the bourbon side. <laughs> yes. Yep. Nice. I would love to try He's that. in. I'm yeah. in. Yeah, Thanks. count me in. <laughs> yeah. Give me a holler when you guys, when you make it over. Right. We will, yeah. for sure. All right. I really appreciate you having me on. Well, oh, for sure. Appreciate thank you. you for talking to yeah, us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, All right. right. Thanks. Cheers. Community minded, raising funds that are needed. Raising awareness that's needed. Uh, sustainability practices sounds like really great people. Um, craft beer, craft food, two locations. Craft and then, spirits. And then, yeah. oh, ciders. And then, yes, they're bringing in, and they also do spirits. They've been doing spirits for a while. But wow, like these guys <laughs> have it all. And it sounds like they do it all really well. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have had the beer. I've had, been fortunate enough at um, the Craft Brewers Conference that I went to in Denver in September was pretty cool because I got didn't get to meet Pat, but um, did get to try some of the Griffin Claw beers, which were very good, I would say, up there with anybody else. Um, oh. So, yeah. I'm, but I'm super excited to try that rye whiskey. Yeah. I really yeah, want to try really that because that's one of my favorites is the rye. I know you're excited for that. But I also, like speaking of the beer, um, in the podcast, I believe I left it in there. I don't remember, but he said that uh, next Wednesday, their uh, Try 21 project, the beer that they have brewed for it, will be out. Well, that means it's out now. So if you are in the Michigan area, they have the beer available. Um, I think it's in the tap room and in four pack of four packs of cans, if I remember correctly. And then if you want to find that beer that other breweries are brewing, or if you would want to figure out what other breweries, Which other breweries are, are participating, or if you want to get breweries to participate or your brewer and want to participate, um, you can find all that information at GriffinClawBrewingCompany.com. Yeah, you can, can go to GriffinClawBrewingCompany.com. Or that's their main website, and they have a rather right now you can find it very easily from their website. But you can also go to Try21Project.com, which is T R I 2 1 P R O J E C T.com. And two and one are numbers. Yes. Two and one are numerals. So, yeah. yes. And then also, if you're on social media, if you um, want to tag your favorite breweries to sign up, um, you can do a hashtag. It's hashtag Try21Project. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, when you're in the tap room, if you're at a brewery that, that 
participates in this kind of thing a lot or or maybe or, never. You, or maybe you know somebody or yeah even never get them involved or if you know somebody you know with down syndrome or you know somebody at a brewery who knows somebody with down syndrome you never know i mean these are or if you don't it's know just anybody good fundraising things to do i mean it's good to help other people i don't know it's just good. there you go yeah so even if you don't have like personal connections to you know breweries or something like that you can still go to the websites and find out which breweries are participating and you know drink a beer from there and yeah yeah so it's great that's a great way to help yep. and you know even if your favorite brewery isn't on board with this just for whatever reason maybe they're just super swamped right now and they're losing their minds just smile at him and say thanks anyway, though, and have a good beer with him. Also, yeah, but this is for World Down Syndrome. Initially, it was set up for World Down Syndrome Month, which is October, where we're at right now. But October is almost done. And like we said in the podcast earlier, you can anybody can start now because it's leading up to World Down Syndrome Day, which is like March 22nd, I believe, 2022. So it's not like a sudden, you know, one and done kind of thing right now. There's plenty of time to do this. So one last time. For everybody to find and connect with Griffin Claw for their beer, their whiskey, their vodka, their gin, their sustainability actions, and most definitely their Try 21 project, all starts at GriffinClawBrewingCompany.com or Try21Project.com. Actually, though, or better yet, you could pay them a visit if you happen to be around <laughs> Birmingham and Rochester Hills, Michigan, and then tell them Living a Stout Life sent you. They may not know what the hell you're talking about, <laughs> but then again, they might. Unless you just happen to run into Pat. Yeah. Then know, he, he'll know. He'll okay. know. But I don't know if anybody else in the tap room will. Yeah. What else should they do before the, before they before we bid them adieu? Well, I think they should subscribe to the podcast or follow it, whatever Apple calls it now. Um, they should leave a review and share it with a friend. Buy us a drink. Yeah, you can buy us a beer if you want. We have a little button on our website. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you're some bigwig person, you know looking to sponsor a podcast you know we're open to that discussion too this is very true okay. we would love to have a sponsor on board and so yeah all right we're out there looking on all that all right we'll bid you adieu cheers do cheers adieu. my friends cheers peace out almost broke my glass we'd love to hear from you so keep the conversation going send us a note share a beer recommendation or two or just say hey This Stout Conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com, where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer, travel, and adventure lifestyle needs.